This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 27th, 2016. When God interrupts the prophets. So, interruptions. Most of us don't care much for them. I know I don't. You know, there's times when someone or something uh, breaks the normal flow of, of what we're saying, what we're doing. Interruptions cause distraction, and, and all too often it's difficult to get back on track if and when the interruption is over. But interruptions aren't always bad, although oftentimes they're challenging. God uses interruptions at times to get our attention, to uh, draw us closer to him, to even possibly change our direction. When I did my network class to discover my spiritual gifts, uh, my two top gifts are leadership and administration. So when you have the gift of administration, boy, you are like, you've got it down every day with lists and schedules and everything. But that doesn't quite work when you're in ministry. And so well over 20 years ago, I did some discernment and really talked to God about what, who God wanted me to be. And I adopted a personal mission statement that I have stuck with for uh, the last couple decades. And it's this to be ready to respond when God interrupts. So during this Advent season, our focus will be on some of God's interruptions associated with the Christmas story. I said Advent season. Advent is it's a word that comes from the Latin adventus, which, which means a coming or approach a, or an arrival. It's the, it's the season during which we celebrate and prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ in a manger in Bethlehem. This morning we begin this year's Advent season by looking at God's interruptions through the prophets. And so we say good morning to you, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before we go any farther, we just have to give a big shout out to you guys. Oh my goodness, this was such a busy week in the life of Connection Church. After y'all left on Sunday, we had a service here on Monday night, Hope and Healing Service. Then we had another service here on Wednesday night, a Thanksgiving Eve service, and where's Fran? I saw her here. Awesome, awesome message. Uh, Lori Totoro give gave the message on Monday night. And all that just takes a whole lot with, you know, service all over the place giving out food all week and then yesterday with the hot chocolate giveaway you guys rock we had like a hundred volunteers just this week serving mm -hmm. god and we are humbled to be your pastors thank you thank you thank you so i'd like to pray right now lord thank you so much for today help us uh settle in and have any distractions that might be taking us away from you, just leave and help us have a laser focus on you. Lord, if, if, if you interrupt our life, our thoughts and our heart, that's all good. But just we would ask for you to keep all that other noise outside so that we can really glean from the scripture 
uh, a message for our lives. We pray this in your name. And everybody gathered and said, Amen. Amen. So the prophets, the prophets, those people who utter vividly inspired revelation, sharing God's will with God's people. Being a prophet is an important, crucial, yet challenging role to play. All too often, the prophet in the scriptures was the lone voice in the wilderness, the one swimming against the stream, running counter to the culture that had developed, sharing with people God's uh, unhappiness most often with the direction they'd taken, a direction which usually involved turning their backs on God. God used the prophets to try to interrupt people's lives, to, to get their attention, telling them where they'd gotten off track, pointing out their unfaithfulness to God, offering God's plan for getting them back on track, and the consequences of not turning around, consequences that usually involve pain and suffering. So a question for each of us today with that in mind is, if, if we take a quick inventory of ourselves, our lives, is there an area where God's been trying to get our attention? Where we're off track or have been unfaithful to God, is God nudging us in some prophetic way to get back on track here this, uh, this Advent, this Christmas season? That's a great question for us to think about. But here's an important thing to remember when we think about how we might have gotten off track. We worship a God of hope. We worship the God of hope. Throughout all these prophetic interruptions that we find in Scripture, we find words of encouragement, words of possibility, words of hope, even when we do get off track, even when we stray, even when we find ourselves far from God, or dare I say, even disobedient. God continually woos us and calls us back. In fact, the ultimate words of hope that are scattered throughout the Old Testament prophecies point to the one, the one who is coming to give us hope, to give us a hope and a future. That's you and that's me. That's just not the people hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of years ago. The prophets point to the one who can bring about change back then and now in our lives. They point to the one who brings us salvation. There are over 100 prophecies in the Old Testament that point directly to Jesus Christ. This morning, we're going to look at two prophets people who God chose to share a message, God's message, not their message, and what God wanted them to share. First of those prophets' name was Isaiah. He was a prophet who lived between the years uh, the mid-700 and mid-600 B.C. That's before Christ. We find his prophecies in the Old Testament book named for him. His prophetic voice pointed to a future takeover of Judah by Babylon, to the future forced exile of his people and their later return home, uh, to a future restoration of Israel. He's looking a hundred plus years into the future. God is having the people look through him a hundred plus years into the future when these events would occur. His prophetic voice also pointed to the coming Savior of the world 
And that was some 700 years before Jesus would be born in a manger. These prophecies are some of the most well-known that we are aware of today through the Scriptures. And so the first prophecy that we're going to look at, spoken by Isaiah, God through Isaiah, is Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. And so in this brief scripture, we have two very important uh, elements of the Christmas story prophesied by Isaiah. The first, that, that, that Jesus would be born of a virgin. The second, that it would be called Emmanuel or God with us. Born of a virgin. Uh, you know, the, uh, as the scripture said, Mary overpowered by the, uh, by the Holy Spirit. Talk about interruption. <laughs> you talk about interruption. We'll get to that one in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, the, the Holy Spirit bringing her to pregnancy. Earthly mother, heavenly father. God cared so much for us that he came to us face-to-face, person-to-person in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ. And it was Jesus Christ coming into the world that changed, that interrupted everything from that point on. And so the first scripture that we talked about was Isaiah chapter 7. We're going to go two two more chapters ahead to chapter 9. And here Isaiah gives further insight into the future savior of humankind. Check this out. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, remember, this was written 700 years before Jesus came. How can anybody ever doubt this isn't true? It was prophesied so long before. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Mm. And so thanks to prophecies like this, the, the Hebrew people had an expectation of a coming Savior. And, and on the one hand, this, they thought this Savior would, would resemble King David, not in looks, but in style. A warrior king. A king who would establish justice and righteousness with the sword. A king who would be, bring peace through battle. A king who would, would look a whole lot in the way he did business like David had in the past. Uh, that's kind of what many of the people on the one hand were expecting. Because they've read Isaiah's prophecy. And Isaiah pointed out, right here that this wonderful counselor, this mighty God, this everlasting father, this prince of peace would reign on David's throne over his kingdom. And so many did not realize that this new king would bring people together in a very, very different fashion, a very different style than King David had in the past. And so skipping more, two more chapters ahead, we're reminded by Isaiah 
that this child to be born, the son to be given, the one who would bring salvation to the world, Isaiah shares that he does in fact come from the house of David, the lineage, the family line of David, when he shares this. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Jesse was David's father. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. He, with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness, the sash around his waist. The wolf will lie down. I'm sorry, the wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. What an incredible picture the prophet Isaiah paints. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. So just think about an old tree stump, you know, something that looks lifeless, something that appears dead. And then you would see a shoot coming out from that stump. Can you see that? Because I know I've seen that many times. Things that I think are dead and gone, maybe a bush out in the yard or something. We've had many And then the next thing you know, there's, a, there's new growth. That's what Isaiah is, is painting here. Like uh, that this family line where Jesus came from, came from this stump of Jesse that had been cut down. That that appeared to have faded with time, but our Lord and Savior coming from this ancestral line of Jesse, of David. And then the prophet Isaiah shares how this, how this future king will lead, offering righteousness and justice to the poor and the needy, lifting them up, seeing that they are cared for fairly, justly, in a godly fashion. And there will be peace. And, and picture this where you have a wolf and a lamb together. In, in our world, that doesn't work, does it? Because the one attacks the other. The one is prey to the other. But this is a whole different world that, that Isaiah is prophesying, a, a world in which a wolf and a lamb are at peace, where the leopard will lie down with the goat. What an expectation, what a, what a future. Mm. And so on the one hand, there was some who were looking for a, a savior in the, in the mold of King David, but then on the other, we have this picture of, a, of this coming savior, this coming king who brings this kind of a world about, a world so very different than the one we face day to day. No wonder the Hebrew people were looking for longing for, expecting with great anticipation what was to come. So a question for us today would be, who is God calling you to lift up rather than tear down 
in the model of this coming king. Is there anyone who God is nudging you to care for, to, to make sure their feet treated fairly, justly, in a godly fashion, as Christ would treat them? Who is God calling you to be a peacemaker for? Isaiah is a great book. We hope that you take some time to open up the pages of your Bible and read Isaiah. It is really chock full of what is to come. So that's the first prophet that we wanted to just sort of lay out a little bit. We could preach a year on Isaiah, but we're <laughs> going to move on to the second prophet that God used to interrupt God's people with an important message, and his name is Micah. Micah's message, like Isaiah's, looked ahead to the coming uh, Savior. And Micah's message was given during such a distressing time uh, for the Hebrew people when their country had been taken over by others when their king was humiliated. So think about this if this happened to us. Here we are, and our country gets invaded, and we are strangers in our own land. And then our government was, you know, humiliated, and other governments came in and took over. This is what it was like during the time when these prophets were sharing these messages. And so Micah, God used Micah to interrupt this craziness, this chaos, to share a, a message that talked about a bright future, sharing that there would be a future king who would be born from David's house. Hmm. But for now, prepare for the worst, victim daughter. The siege is sent against us. They humiliate Israel's king, slapping him around like a rag doll. He's, he's looking ahead to where, where Israel will be brought down by Babylon. But then the hope. But you, Bethlehem, David's country, the run of the litter, from you will come the leader who will shepherd rule Israel. He'll be no upstart, no pretender. His family tree is ancient and distinguished. Meanwhile, Israel will be in foster homes until the birth pangs are over and the child is born. That was a long labor, hundreds of years. And the scattered brothers come back home to the family of Israel. He will stand tall in his shepherd rule by God's strength, centered in the majesty of God revealed. And the people will have a good and safe home, for the whole world will hold him in respect, peacemaker of the world. Mm. I love the way Eugene Peterson uh, paraphrases this passage of Scripture in his version call of, of, of the Bible called The Message. How he emphasizes the future King Jesus, that he would come from, from Bethlehem, David's country, the runt of the litter, the runt of the litter. Remember that song we sing at Christmas time? Oh, little town of Bethlehem. It's just a small place, small place. Place where David is born, same place Jesus will be born. And Micah, like Isaiah, emphasizes this family line, this line of David. You know, David, again, was considered the 
the greatest earthly king that Israel ever knew. And so this emphasis that the future king, the future savior, would come from this line of David, and emphasizes the greatness then of this future king, this peacemaker of the world. The prophet Micah lived about the same time as Isaiah, about 700 years before Jesus was born. Can you imagine God having things all planned the way God did? You know, all these pages of the Bible, hundreds and hundreds of years prior to the birth of Christ, all point to the birth of a Savior. And so the people of Israel, they are familiar with the words from the prophets, and so they waited, and they waited, and they waited. Have you ever waited for something? I mean, really waited. Have you ever longed for something with great expectation, with great anticipation? Now, that's really an interruption because we've got everything all planned out and it doesn't go the way we want it to go. They were ready. They were waiting for this Savior King. Life gets interrupted when we're waiting and things just don't go the way we expect it. Wow. So these people that Micah and Isaiah were, were sharing the message, God's message to, they waited and one generation came and went, and then another one, and then another one, because it was 700 years. People waited their entire lives, and the Savior wasn't born in their lifetime. Mm. And so it's from these years of expectation and anticipation that we get some of our most uh, memorable traditional church hymns for this season of Advent, the season of preparation for the coming of Christ. A hymn such as the one we sang earlier this morning, Come Thou Long, Expected Jesus. Maybe those words mean a little bit more knowing the history here. And so let's take a look at them again. This hymn was written by Charles Wesley a couple hundred years ago, and he's taken it right from, from the premise of the scripture that we're talking about, which most of the songs that we sing come right from Scripture. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Say the second stanza with me. Born thy people to deliver. Born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. Scary hmm. said this was written by... Charles Wesley, his brother John Wesley, they were founders of the Methodist movement at the time, part of the Anglican Church, uh, the Methodist Church of which we're a, our congregation is a part of. And Charles Wesley wrote many hymns. He wrote about 1,500, I believe it was. Uh, many are, are very familiar even today. And this one of his 
most familiar to as I was reading several of the hymnals of various denominations, Methodist, Presby, Episcopalian, Lutheran, and for good reason, because it's, it's strong and, and valuable and important words that he shares here, reminding us of those people back in the day of Isaiah, back in the day of Micah, from there until the birth, long, long waited, long expecting, come now long expected Jesus, they would say, come, waiting for the birth of the one that would save us. And, and when Wesley wrote this, it wasn't just looking back to the 700 years before Christ in that period, but also in his day and even to us today, because we long for that second coming of Jesus. You know, where Scripture tells us Christ is coming again. And so we too say, come thou long expected Jesus. Interrupt our lives. Interrupt our lives once again. And, may, and maybe if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, maybe it's not the second physical coming of Christ, but maybe it's just the first coming of Christ into your life in a meaningful way. Maybe today is where that long-expected Jesus joins you, where you open your heart to that possibility of a relationship with the one whose birth we celebrate several weeks from now. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. We talk about interruptions this morning, and each of us can take a focus there. What area in your life is God interrupting? Where's God trying to get your attention? Maybe trying to make you more aware of the one who's coming this Christmas day. Oh, yeah, I know Jesus. Yeah, I know. We know. I know Jesus. But where's God trying to get me, trying to get you more aware, more focused, more come into my life in a greater and more meaningful way than I already know? Come now long. Expect that Jesus interrupt my life. Interrupt my life. Maybe you've gotten off track. The question is, what's it going to take to get you back on track, focused on the Savior of the world? Are you ready, as Carrie's motto says, are you ready to respond when God interrupts in your life? Are you ready for the one who's coming to save the world? The one, <laughs> when he came, he interrupted everything. And it continues to be interrupted even to today. Are you truly ready for the good news of Jesus Christ? Ready to believe it? Ready to live it out? Let's pray. Most holy God, these interruptions are tough sometimes. Uh, especially when they get our attention in a way that we don't want, don't hope, didn't wish for, don't like. But we know that you interrupt for your glory, for our growth, for our good. Most holy God, I pray that each one here will be ready for however you're going to interrupt our lives this holiday season, this Christmas season. How you will Bring us to a greater and deeper understanding of our relationship with Christ. Please interrupt each of us so that we would know you better. Father, Son, Holy Spirit.
All those gathered this morning said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692.